0: Hi there, I'm Jim.
1: And I'm Dan. Let's talk
0: teaching. Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning and Technology here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G, and joining me today is Dan Tauby. He is Chief Information Security Officer here at Illinois State, and we're here to talk about cybersecurity. Dan, welcome. Thank you. So what is cybersecurity? Maybe we should probably define our terms a little bit.
1: Certainly. So cybersecurity primarily focuses on the protections and processes and, and people that get involved with using or uh, collecting data of some sort. So information and, and data is what it's about. But in our systems, in our computers, that's that's cybersecurity's purpose.
0: Well, and of course, in the middle of uh, we're recording this in October, which is cybersecurity month. And we are in the middle of a, of a global pandemic to boot. So we're all working remotely. So obviously, even though we were so engaged with all of this technology before, it seems like now more than ever. So what are some things that, that instructors on campus should keep in mind when they're dealing with all of this?
1: the The biggest right now, it, there's there's two that we would recommend to instructors in particular. Um, one is to consider that as they're working from home, they don't have some of the protections we heavily invest in on campus. And so that's where all our advice on best practices, they should be really practiced at home more than even at the the institution. There's a lot we do. Uh, to protect on campus and if you're off campus, you're more at risk. Um, The second is be highly, highly critical of the messages you receive through email, by phone, by text, mainly because what we notice is a very big increase in phishing and social engineering attacks this year. Um, They're utilizing the the culture shift and the environment we're in to be very effective in their attack.
0: So when you're talking about phishing, that's a term that we hear sometimes, but we may not understand exactly what it means. It has something to do with email. So what is a phishing attack?
1: So phishing is where uh, I'll call them a a threat actor, someone that they may be doing it for financial gain. Maybe they're just doing it for fun. Um, They reach out to you. They contact you in some some method, and they're trying to get you to give up information about yourself. So they're phishing, in effect. Um, and it, that can be your username and password, or it might just be information about you that they'll use in a different way.
0: You know, we get I get so many email messages, and I know all yep. of our instructors do, and all of us on campus do, really. And it may be inevitable that we click on something that we, just out of muscle memory, you know what I mean? Yep. So what happens if I do that? What should I do?
1: So if you uh, accidentally click, you shouldn't feel bad because many, many people do. Uh, In the last year, just people that clicked it and gave up their uh, username and password, there's about a thousand. So in twelve months, a thousand people did just that. Uh, so they're not alone by any means.
0: And and that's on a campus of what 30,000 yes. people. Okay. Yes.
1: Um. And in uh, that's pretty consistent with most organizations. It's it's about that kind of ratio that get compromised. Simple fact of of digital life we have. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the if you should detect and and notice that oh. Yes, this looked like it was from someone I knew or was a link to Office 365 and it now looks suspicious to me. Immediately contacting us. And there's two ways to do that. If you need a call, you can contact the Technology Support Center. Uh and, and their information is available at ithelp.illinoystate.edu. The other is you can email the information security office at abuse at ilstu.edu. That email is constantly monitored. You can forward the email you got originally, ask about the things you saw, uh, get kind of confirmation if, if if you're not sure, and we'll handle the, the cases that way.
0: Well, I appreciate the fact that you explain it so calmly, among other things, because this this can be kind of scary a little bit. And-, and... I know I've worked with some faculty members uh, and you've had contact with them, too, who have had some issues using Zoom. We're all using this whole new thing for many of us this year. I think it's helpful for people to keep in mind. I think that's a great message that you have, that it does happen once in a while and that there are steps that we can take to kind of kind of work through it.
1: Yep. It's um, it's one that we need to all Raise our own awareness and understanding of just how prevalent this is, because they're they're exploiting our trust in either a name or just the the simple fact of the technology. We think that it's been protected by someone else. Um, they're using it, and so I don't I don't blame anyone that gets falls for it. It happens every day.
0: As far as being an instructor goes, there are a lot of solicitations that come that are legitimate solicitations to to try out or to use new teaching tools or new, new software platforms. And we have a, a list of them on our website at ctlt.illinoisstate.edu of ones that we know are out there that aren't officially supported by the university, but, but that we know they're being used. Do you have any words of advice for instructors who may be looking at incorporating some third-party Uh, platform or service or something in their teaching. And can you talk a little bit about the rigorous process that you folks, your office goes through um, when we adopt something officially on campus?
1: Oh, certainly. Um, So the biggest consideration I'd recommend after, say, what they need to, in terms of their instruction and the value of such a product um, or, or software, is the type of data that's going to be collected and used with that software and respect that students have a desire for their privacy to be respected. And so one of, one of the, the greater risks to the institution, less on an individual level, uh, more of the, the university needs to concern itself with is how data in uh, more of larger set is transferred to third parties and used by third parties. Um, there's plenty of cases in, in just the consumer world where the social media sites uh, we're all familiar with, they, they might get compromised or they share their data with another third party and they get compromised. We don't want to play a part in that. So you have to consider, is the company someone I know already? Do, is, it, is it one of these major publishing companies that I know that they probably invest in security and invest in protecting data? Or is it a name I've never seen before? I look up their site. It doesn't really have contact information or where they're from. That's when you want to be careful and, and consider their, their promises. Um, not only for security, but maybe they don't deliver what they're telling you they'll deliver. Beyond that, even if you're not looking to go the full, full path, you can reach out to us and we'll provide guidance and advice and we'll do that investigation. So maybe you don't feel comfortable, but you want that consultation, you can reach out to us and we'll do it. So it doesn't require an actual purchase to be made for us to go through it. Um, so it's it's something that we're facilitators or custodians over data, we need to consider that when we're, we're looking at these, these other products. If it's something that's Local to the computer, data is not being used. There's less need for that that mm-hmm. type of consideration. Mm-hmm. But let's say let's say it's um, one of these tools that either maybe centrally we determined we want to buy it for campus and make it available to everyone because there's enough demand, or mm-hmm. even a department says we want to buy it, or a college says we want to buy it for everyone in our unit. That's where purchasing is getting involved, but we also get involved to assess what data is getting used, uh, what the privacy policies might be, who, you know, what are the terms of data ownership? When we give data over, do we still own it or now do they own it? Um, And we're doing contract reviews, we're doing conversations with the companies themselves on their Mm -hmm. their practices and, and maybe certifications of compliance. Um, we we p- apply a lot of consideration because of the risks if we didn't uh, do that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we reference that process as the data usage form uh, or DUFF in short. It gets a a lot of lot of negative uh, press because it can take some time. Mm-hmm, uh, the mm-hmm. sooner an instructor gets into that process, the better. So mm-hmm. that's where going back to you're thinking about it reach out to us, engage us.
0: Sure. Well, I knew it was a pretty rigorous and extensive process. The other thing I'll add to that too is that, you know, if instructors find a particular bit of software out there, for example, that they think meets a need that they have in their teaching, they can also contact us over here at, at CTLT because there may very well be something that's already being used on campus that does something, if not identically, then similarly. Yes. And has already gone through this extensive process that you're talking about.
1: Exactly. Because we so we do not we'll we'll consider and maybe make a light reference, but we do not advise on the actual use of the tool and its value and whether or not there's other options. Right. So that's where they should certainly engage CTLT and uh, their own college resources if they have, them.
0: you know, and again, we're talking about this in the context of protecting our students as well. So that's one way that faculty members, when they start initiating the process of uh, of looking for new technology to use or new software to use, they can do that. But what would you like, from, from your perspective, what would you like instructors to be telling students about cybersecurity? And what good behaviors would you like instructors to encourage in their students?
1: Number one, it goes back to the phishing uh, attacks we see. And... What I would advise every user to do, and if instructors can echo this uh, with the students, the better, check the links in the emails, check the sender address as well. Those two things usually evidence when it's uh, not legitimate and it's a risk. In the links, you're usually looking, does it go to an ISU website? Does it go to you know, Microsoft's OneDrive type locations? Um, is it going to Google uh, Docs maybe? When you see really suspicious websites and it's saying, you know, log in or, or secure your account, you can kind of figure that out yourself and, and not click that link. Um, and you can do that both just by hovering on a regular desktop computer, the, the link will preview the, the URL or on mobile devices, you can touch and hold the link and it will give you a preview. Mm-hmm. Because you don't. there are a few cases where clicking the link alone would compromise you, it, it'll install uh, malware and, and be a risk. So check that first. The other is, and this has spiked um, in the last two months, There's impersonation of others going on where the email will have a display name that matches our own names. And this could be someone official. It could be another student. But if you look at the email address, it'll usually be their name at gmail.com or even their ULId at Mm gmail.com. Well, you can know, at least assess in that moment, this didn't come from their ISU, so maybe I should check with them or reach out to them by phone or another contact method. Um, that, That approach, that attack is getting used where it's a very simple message, so it's hard for us to detect it because it looks legitimate. And it starts off usually, hey, can I get your cell phone number so I can reach out to you? Text, call, something else. And the long term of that scheme, if it plays out, is they're trying to get you to buy gift cards or do Apple Pay to try and transfer money and do something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So if you think every email that you kind of get and have a little suspicion, hover the link, check the sender, that can protect most cases of what we're seeing.
0: So one final question for you. Cybersecurity Month, very important. It's important to raise awareness. I think if there's one message to get out of our conversation today, it's that these routine things that we do, we need to be mindful as we're doing them. But beyond uh, talking about kind of the season that we're in, this fall semester, for example, or even over the summer as we were kind of transitioning to our our new modalities of teaching or whatever you want to call them, what's one thing that you're happy about? What's one thing that you think we've done well on campus in terms of cybersecurity, information technology, or just ISU in general? I think some of
1: the biggest two takeaways I've seen as a positive, because cybersecurity is always a challenge. It's, it's never convenience for users. It's never just simple and dry what you have to put in place. Um, so, so it's always a, a, a challenge when you enter into it. And this year, despite all the impacts we had, we still introduced new controls, new protections, whether it was with college IT units, faculty and instructors themselves, or within other IT groups centrally for the administrative side. We did things that normally would take many years to implement and uh, accomplish. So the, what's positive about that is people are communicating, they're sharing, and they're, they're participating. It's not like someone's just Mm -hmm. refusing and and objecting to it. Um, That's something I had not seen before and and to have in such a challenging year is is remarkable. The other thing is we are now actually treating cybersecurity as an institutional concern. Previously, it was much more about do we get a state audit? Do we get a, a new regulation that requires something? And we just did it by a checkbox approach. Now people that aren't in any capacity related to cybersecurity are asking the right questions, asking, you know, do I need to be concerned about this? Do I need to consider that? That's new this year that I think kind of shocked me and amazed me. And, and some of it might come from the successful attacks like Zoom bombings and the phishing attacks, but it's something that's been a, a positive uh, in my opinion.
0: Dan, thank you so much. Certainly. You can find out more about our podcast and about this very important topic of cybersecurity. Go to our website, ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. Click on the podcast link and you will be taken to this week's show page. We'll have links to some of the resources Dan has online and some other material as well. For Dan Talby, for all my colleagues here at the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology, until we talk again, happy teaching.